Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in SST on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and on YouTube. Of course, we're here to talk about baseball. It's the freaking wild card for the Mets and not the NLDS. Yes. That hurts to say out loud, but we're still excited for playoff baseball for our New York fans here. P. Kennedy, of course, is me. Joining me, the designated hitters, both of them. Been a while since we've had both of them. And first, I'm going to Andrew Kalanya. What's up, my guy? How's it going? Ready to break down topics not only on the mind of the, of the sports world, but the nation as well. Let's rate the Super Mario Brothers uh, trailer, my guys. Uh, I have to say, I liked Bowser's voice. I thought Jack Black did pretty well as Bowser. Chris Pratt, terrible as expected. Can I add my, my thoughts on that one? Because I... I... I swear to God, I had no idea that was Jack Black. I actually thought it was Idris Elba. That's how far off I was on that. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Uh, Alec Argento, also here. Alec, thoughts on the Mario trailer? Uh, first of all, suh. Uh, second of all, uh, it's going to be fine. I'll watch it with my nephew. I, I, I'm hoping that Nintendo can build some goodwill after Detective Pikachu, which was a pretty all right movie. And then the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, which are not Nintendo, but those are pretty great too. So hopefully the movie curse, the video game movie curse is over. Yeah, I like that. The Sonics are, are very fun. Love that. And this one, I was talking to uh, uh, a friend of someone that you and I both know, Alec, Rich Weir over at Monsignor Power. Uh, and he he's a big Nintendo guy in general. So I was asking his thoughts. Nerd. He, <laughs> he was like, well, it's going to be animation, so it's going to be probably pretty good at minimum. I think animation usually hits home, and it's going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, that takes away the opportunity for it to be so bad it's good because Chris Pratt as Mario has a chance to be so bad it's good. You mean like the first? You mean like the yes. first Super Mario movie? Yeah, I like love that original, movie. The original live action Super Mario. If you haven't uh, seen it, go on YouTube and watch like five minutes. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. That's my Bowser. That's little head Bowser. That's my Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not my Bowser. <laughs> uh, that's that's bad. That was so bad that it's actually entertaining for a couple minutes. This though has now um, a floor to me. Seeing the animation. Hearing most of the voices, I think there's a floor of expectation that this will be an enjoyable watch. I'm not saying it's going to knock anyone's socks off. I think it's going to be decent. I think Chris Pratt Mario is going to be by far the weirdest part of the whole thing. Roddy Tomatis prediction right now. I'm going to say 63%. What do you guys think? Critic mm. score or audience score? Critic score. It's going to be it's going to be as mid as mid comes. Yeah, I, I could say I'm gonna say critic score like way down, but I feel like audiences will will like it. So I think there'll be like a big disparity between the two. What's That's the not an out? answer. Yeah, give yeah, me an yeah. answer. I'll I'll say fifty two and then like oh. eighty one for for the audience score. You're you're not you're not factoring in the the Twitter community and like the the Reddit community that's going to be like Chris Pratt isn't doing an Italian accent. This is not my Mario, so I'm going to review bomb it and it's going to have like a zero percent before any like anybody actually sees the movie. 
Also, yeah, true. Is, is, is that like a thing too? You know how like there's random situations, and I don't want to say maybe random is the wrong word, but there's situations in Hollywood and in movies where it's a character, you know, obviously when it's of color played by someone not of color, like that's a problem. But then there's like gay characters played by gay or not gay people. There's people of accents who do other accents, like in, in big mouth With women With, rebooting uh, the ghostbusters. Yeah. Like Jenny like Slate obviously kind of caught a really bad thing with, big I'm mouth. going on mute guys. I'm going on, mute. <laughs> but yeah. no, but I'm saying like, does that count now for Mario and Chris Pratt? Like do the Italians get, get mad about this and say that you can't be having a guy named Pratt. As that. an Italian, if, I, I, I think I get to represent the community. I, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, there we go. Well, so. if as all people know, Italians are very level-headed and calm people. So <laughs> I really think that um, there should be a really measured and mature response to this. So I'm really looking forward to the discourse. <laughs> there we go. So let's talk about some baseball here and uh, get off the spicy meatballs and we'll talk about the New York Mets. But before we dive into baseball, the Mets and the playoffs here, we're obviously going to get to football and the picks later. I do want to talk about one other thing real quick, and that's how the NFL action is fully back. It may have not been back on Thursday night with the Colts and Broncos putting together a horrendous performance, but we still have all that action in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers, new, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out. If that's not good enough for you, or if you have DraftKings already, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I'm looking at the Packers-Giants right now, and I'm thinking if you do a same-game parlay and you want to step it up, you go Packers money line, Saquon over on his receptions, and A.J. Dillon to score a touchdown. He's due. Giants run defense a little weak. I think Dillon finds his way into the end zone. I love that same-game parlay. You get that to some good odds and step it up even more. And the best part is, to make it even sweeter, you can throw down stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPM to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The Mets here obviously did not win the division, as we know, so we have to take on the San Diego Padres to get into the NL, um, DS, and CS, etc. So all these hopes and dreams, 101 wins, obviously not all for naught, as they still are very much in it with a chance to win it but not taking the division to the Braves stings a whole damn lot. So before we get into the specificities of the uh, the playoff matchups and the Padres and whatever, what happened over the last couple weeks here? How does it feel as Yankee fans? And Alec, can you stop choking yourself on camera here? You're making me sad. Just an imitation of the Mets, man. What do you want from me? I want you to expand, expand upon that thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't show up, right? I mean, the offense didn't show up. The pitchers were not great, but they weren't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. The offense just did not show up. They were in those games, and the Braves treated it like the series that they knew they had to treat it as, uh, and they came out and they, they showed up. I mean, 
you know, go Dansby Swanson, go Matt Olson. It was awesome to see both players going a three a home run in every game of that series because that's what you do when your season is essentially on the line and you get that wild card spot and your season's on the line because now you have to have the toughest road to the uh, to a championship in the league by having uh, the position that the Mets are in right now. It's awesome. I loved it. I hate you. <laughs> you very much. I really do. I'm not going to lie. I really do hate you. Andrew, go ahead. I'll go after you. Yeah, no, the – they, the Mets offense really missed Starling Marte that uh, series and uh, that series, and they're going to miss him in the uh, in the wild card round too. He's been really the spark uh, plug on top of the you know on the top of the lineup there. So uh, it's a very big bat to be missed, but still at the same time, uh, it's pretty inexcusable for your starters to give up like eleven runs in the biggest series of the year. And and you know what the the Mets. And, you know, and the Braves end up with the same record, 101 wins is a great season. But there's, you know, how many games are you going to go back and and look and say, you know, we could have won this or like when the when the Mets got swept by like the Cubs a couple weeks ago, you just win one of those games and it's a completely different story. So, um, you know, the Mets, they didn't, though. It, yeah, they didn't. But, you know, it, it came down to that series. But at the same time, there were there were a ton of other winnable games down the stretch and. That, that they could have won and they probably should have won. So uh, it's disappointing. And now the it's a real gauntlet for them um, to get to the, you know, to the World Series. So it's uh, I have, it's not it's I not have a question. Want. I have a question for you guys. First season mm. where there's no tiebreaker game. How are we feeling about the no tiebreaker game? Oh, yeah, that's that sucks. That sucks for them. So no, like, uh, uh, one... uh, unbiased. I am so for the. It's, I think it's kind of crazy that the, the there was there was a tiebreaker game in professional baseball when no other sport does that, right? There's always tiebreakers. I'm fine for, fine with it, but you know, I'm sure that like if you put your Mets hat on right now, like you're going to be bummed out about it, give you an extra chance. But I mean, you have 162 games and, uh, to to figure out what's going to happen there. I think that it makes sense. But you know, now that it actually got put into practice, how does everyone feel there? I'm totally fine with the with no tiebreaker game. I do also think that's a crazy thing. After 162 games of data, there has to be some conclusive head to head, and then if not, division record. If not, like if if all those things are tied, and like you're down to stat number seven on the tiebreak, like yeah, sure, like let's make them play. But like that's never gonna be a thing, right? So it's gonna be the head to head. That makes sense. It's always made sense. And then after that, I think it is division record. Like, I don't love run differential in that regard. If that, not that it is one of the, the, the things, but if that is one of the things, I don't like it. But head to head, division record, all that stuff feels fine for me. And there's no need for a team to play 163 to then another team to go right into the wild card. It kind of sets you up in a weird path there as well. Your pitching gets all jacked up. So I'm totally fine without the, uh, the tiebreaker game for the division. Well, it's going to get a little wonky next year with the staggered schedule where, you know, you're not playing your division uh, uh, rivals 19 times a year or whatever the actual numbers. I think it's 19. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's going to be a little weird next year when you have to do that. But yeah, in this one, I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and, and it's tough, you know, and that Cubs series, Andrew, is 100% the series that I look at because, you know, I think they lost two out of three of the Pirates in that same realm as well. That happens. You lose series to teams you shouldn't lose series to. Occasionally it happens to the best teams in the league. You can't get swept by a team of that caliber. That is 100% by far the series that I look at and say, man, that one stings extra, extra hard. A team that was extremely mediocre to below average and they sweep you 
in a week that mattered so, so much. It stings that you have 101 wins, but don't win the division. But guess what? It's happened before. It'll happen again. It happened, happened to the Dodgers as, last year. Yeah, it happened as recent as last season. So this is not like some new thing that only the Mets got screwed by. So I'm not saying woe is me. I'm not going to do that. It just it just sucks, frankly, to have this good of a year with expectation and now have that much harder of a road to get to the right place. Yeah, but if you if you would ask again any Mets fan at be in March and said, "Hey, would you sign up for your team winning 100 101 wins?" I said this to Pat Boyle the other day. Any team outside of the Dodgers signs up for 101 wins. Any yeah, team outside- I think I think the term is yeah. yes in a in a cocaine heartbeat. I think that's I think that's the term. But th- yeah. that's such an unfair that's a, such an unfair way to, to like phrase this and it's such revisionist history because you the the goal this entire season when they got off to the start that they did and the Braves got off to the start that they did was and not just the Braves but the Phillies as well and the Marlins and you know you never really counted the Nationals in but this team was different this team was special this team was not different nor were they special they were the same as the other team in this division this is a massive disappointment it's a, it has to be like you it, I don't care what like yes the Mets in the past uh, you know you would sign up for 101 wins whatever you don't sign up for that. You sign up to win the division and they did not win the division. This is not, you cannot look at this and say, Oh, well, you know, let's throw our hands up and say it is what it is. It's not, it's a gigantic failure and disappointment. It has to be viewed that way. This is where I vehemently disagree with you. It's because it's because the Braves were on a ridiculous pace. That is the only reason that I don't look at it as an absolute failure. I don't look at it as a win either. I'm disappointed, but to call it an absolute failure acts like they collapsed and didn't make the playoffs at all. Like that's what you're making it seem like. No, they it's a fail it's a failure to it's a failure to have the division the entire season. In the second half of the year, they played at a 95 win pace. The Braves played at a 114 win pace. They had over 20 games over 500 and lost 9 games in the standings. How often does that happen? How are you going to say the Mets are Mets a last year too? What did you say? <laughs> it happened in the Mets last year too. Well, the Mets were nowhere near of that far no. above 500 last year. Nowhere near it. They they fell apart last year. They actually collapsed. Sure. This year they didn't collapse. They choked games in the end of the year. That's a, there's a difference there. They played good baseball from start to finish. They played a way above average baseball from start to finish. You don't and think they, that you don't they, think they're putting they the money onto the team. The team, the money that they put into that team, you think they signed up for a wild card? You think expectations were to sign up for a wild card? Do you think no, any like? No, I, 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 I think that Steve Cohen. a failure is ridiculous. I think it absolutely. Would you say a Yankee season that ends up in them being in a wild card is a failure? Because I would, and that's what the Yankee seasons have been the past like six years. They've no, been frankly, they've been failures. No, because if the they go to a wild card game and then win and then win the DS and then make to a World Series, is that a, is that a failure too? But they're not going to because of the, the path that they have now because they're not what they did not win the division. They're not going to. There's no chance that the Mets now win the World Series. No chance. Incorrect. Oh Incorrect. Man, come on. Come on. No chance that a wild card team not with that path. I'm not saying that wild card first of all, it's a different format now. There's more points of failure that they're gonna have. Granted, the way that they set up the wild card uh, round that they did this year where the, the the better team gets three home games. That's the way it should happen. And and realistically speaking, in a situation like the Mets are in, they they will win that 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 wild card round. But going forward, their path is ridiculous. There's no and they've already shown that they will not that they have not played at the same level as the Braves for the past half of the year. Uh, and the Dodgers are a class of their own in, in, in the league right now. Not not just the 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 uh, the, the NL the, in the league. So 
there's no way. And then they have to go play either the Yankees or the Astros who are also better than the Mets. Well, listen, are the odds in their favor? No, they're the third ranked team right now based off the odds by a good margin, right? So the Cardinals are also in a division. They're in the same wild card round right now. Dodgers plus 170 Braves plus 225 Mets plus 500. There's a big gap there. There's definitely a much, much harder route for the Mets to make it to the world series. 100%. I get that. But to say that there's no chance is is silly to me because they still would have had to beat the Dodgers anyway. And if they beat the Dodgers, there is a reason to believe they have a chance to beat the Braves. So wh- why is there no chance for them to win? You have so much confidence they're going to beat the Padres. They would have had to beat the Dodgers anyway. So whether it's in the second series and they have one you more. Also lose home, you also lose home field advantage for against the Braves too. They wouldn't have had home field advantage against the Dodgers either way. No, of course not the Dodgers, but you lose it against the Braves too. How did the Mets play against? Play well, if it was flipped, it was flipped. The the it would they would play either the Mets or the Dot the Braves or the Dodgers. It wouldn't be both. But this way, they have to play. Theoretically, they have to play both. One hundred percent. But either way, if they face the Dodgers which we, we expect them to have to face the Dodgers at sure. one point, no matter what, they would have not had home field advantage. So you're telling me if they beat the Padres like you predicted and you said it's obvious that they're going to beat the Padres, which yeah. you know we'll talk about that in a minute. If they beat the Dodgers, you're saying they have no chance in a seven-game series against the Braves? I'm not saying they don't have a chance against the you Braves. You just said they have no chance. No, I said that, that's that not what I said. I said they will not have a chance. They will not have a chance. Based off of the path that they have, they may sneak past around there. They may get to the NLCS. They may get to wherever. They have the buzzsaw at every level of this problem. Even in this wild card round, they have the worst matchup. Like it is what it like it is what it is. They they will not get that lucky where they will be every one of the teams that are better than them. It's just not gonna happen. You just said two different things, by the way. You said they have no chance. And then when I asked you they don't have a chance. If they beat the Dodgers in round two which would have been the same exact no home. Field I said they had no chance for the world series. I never said they had no chance to win around, but now I'm saying if they beat the Dodgers, do they have a chance to beat the Braves in the NLCS? No, if they make it, they, the they, NLCS. no, they're also at a disadvantage too going into that ALDS because you have to, you're, you're only going to get, what is it? You're uh, I'm just trying to do the math here. You're only going to get Scherzer and, and DeGrom for a start, right? Because, well, uh, the, well, the thing is they're, they're talking about potentially, uh, it depends. It all really depends on what happens game one of the DS series. So let's say Scherzer goes out and shoves. I think the Mets plan would be to put in uh, Bassett game two and hopefully just, you know, sweep the sweep the two games and then have the Grom ready for, uh, you know, the NLDS. Or I don't, yeah, the NLDS That's versus the that, Dodgers. That would be a ballsy. That would be a ballsy way. Of going it would about be it. that. That would be the galaxy brain way. But I, I, I honestly think that's that's how they're going to handle it. Um, well, especially, convention- especially with you know him saying that Scherzer's going you know the first game. So it, obviously you know in any other regular series it would be Degrom, but by saying it's going to be Scherzer, you, I'm pretty sure that's that's the route they're they're going to take. And, and it really depends on that. if they get the win or not. And if they don't get the win, obviously you're going to throw Degrom on the mound, um, you know, to save your season. But you know, I, I really think that's that's the way they're going to go. It really and, depends on if they win game one or not. Another What's part up, of the know? equation with that pitching rotation is the blisters on Degrom's fingers. He's got blisters on his fingers. <laughs> um, if, fingers. If, if that move is made, it could be a dual move of saying, "Hey, maybe this gets Degrom to the DS." instead of having to pitch game three 
but also it gives him one more day of recovery if the blisters are that much of a problem. So it, it's twofold on the pitching rotation. Um, but you know, you are right. It does mess up the pitching. It 100% does. Uh, and the, and the Dodgers will be rested and they'll have their one, two, three, whatever. So yes, you are 100% right on that front. I'm just not here to say that if somehow the Mets beat the Dodgers, they're all of a sudden going to have zero chance against the Braves. They've played each other a ton this year. The Braves have had the better of them uh, in the past two series, but it's not like the Mets haven't played with them before. Right in the midst of the Braves' incredible run, they went and took four out of five from the Braves. Yeah, yeah. there's been two Braves series since then that they lost, but you, you know, I'm sitting here saying it's possible for them to hang with the Braves too. I just don't, I don't know how you could say that after they, now that they have home field advantage, now that like all the other factors of they'd have to get past the Dodgers. They're going to get beat up after the Dodgers series. They're going to get beat up after the, the Padres series. They're going to be on a weird pitching schedule. Most likely. Cause I don't think that they would be ballsy enough if they do, that's a different story, but you just got out of a series where they were home. They whooped your asses. And now you're going to go back and have them have home field advantage in that series. After coming off all those other gigantic different issues that they would have to even get to that point. I don't see how you could say that they would have any possibility to do that. And if they somehow get by miracle, get past there, they would still have to play either the Yankees or the Astros who are also incredibly good baseball teams and who are teams that are hot at the right time and are healthy at the right time too. So I just don't like, they have the most difficult path to winning a world series by far out of anybody who's a legitimate contender, not including like the Phillies or anything like that. I just don't see how there's any way that they could do it. And and my original point, and I'll, I'll finish it up here. But my original point was they are not going to win the world series. Now they don't have a chance. If in my opinion, they have no chance at winning the world series. And that is a failure of a season. You got to a point now where you hit a brick wall because of that. You might make a little Cinderella run and get past a round or two, but they can't win the world series because of the path that they have. You need to have a little bit of a break. You can't go against, try to slay the dragon every series, right? You, you need to like, which is something I, I'm worried about with the Yankees. And we'll talk about that later, but that's, that's it. And like, I, I it, it, because they have now run into this, it's a failure of a season. And with the money that they spent and the expectations that were sp- uh, sent in the begin before the season started, I think it's unequivocal, unequivocally a failure. I, I won't go as far and say it's a, it's a failure, but I will a hundred percent agree that they do have the toughest, road to get to and win a world series that's that's an undisputed that's an undisputed fact yeah Um, and i think and i think the only way they're going to get by the dodgers is if you know the dodgers you know having you know six days off or come out flat-footed at the beginning of that series and you're able to uh catch them off guard and you know have your pitching be dominant enough where uh you know the lineup is uh, you know, after not seeing live pitching for for a bunch of days, so they're, they're slow to adjust. So I think that's that's the best best shot. And I feel like, you know, again, the the Padres are are you know they're no joke too. You know, they got Soto, right. they got they have, they have a pretty good lineup over there themselves. You know, the starting pitching outside of Darvish is a pretty big question mark. But um, yeah. Uh, they're they're no they're no slouches either so it it is the absolute hardest uh path to win a world series out of every every team in this playoff current playoff bracket for sure well well, i wouldn't say of every team right you have to be specific here it's of the true contenders right because we're not sitting here calling the guardians and the mariners true contenders for the world series right right now so if you look at the odds specifically here something that i find interesting is that the mets have a plus 500 odds to win the nl the Padres have the worst odds in the NL at plus 1,200. 
So I guess that obviously takes into consideration that, um, you know, the Mets have a great chance to beat the Padres. So that makes their odds much harder from, from the get go. But if the Padres win the series against the Mets, you know, no, I guess no one's expecting them to make a move either. So Phillies, Padres, Mariners, Guardians all have less uh, or more difficult paths than the Mets, but of the true contenders, they do have the hardest. So now for World Series odds, Dodgers plus 340, Astros 425, Braves 500, Yankees plus 550. Then there's the drop to the Mets at plus 900. Then there's another drop to the Blue Jays, 1300, Cardinals plus 2200. So of those top five teams that the Mets are in, there is a drop from the Yankees to the Mets, four to five, 100%. The odds are much more difficult. I was just saying to say no chance if they make it past the Dodgers is something that I'm not going to, not going to say. So then, 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 you know what, Alec, when you get there and it's Braves, you know, minus two fifty to win the series, then you should put the house on it. Cause if you're, if you're that confident, you know, so, mm-hmm. so uh, you're right. You're right that the odds are way stacked against them, but I'm not here to say they have no chance, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. We are doing that because we have to not assume the Mets are going to beat the Padres. They lost the season series to the Padres and you Darvish has been a thorn in their side as a pitcher um, throughout their, their history. That series goes three, by the way, that series absolutely goes three. It is not going to be a two game sweep. Right. So I, exactly. I don't think it's a, a, an absolute shoe and they're going to beat the Padres. However, the odds do say um, that it's likely that they will. So, you know, it is what it is on, on that front right now, the series odds for the Mets and Padres Mets minus minus one seventy five to beat the Padres Padres plus plus one forty five. So that's Real quick, one, yeah. one question. If they do that, that, that kind of wonkiness with the pitching staff for that three game series, it, that's a, that's a gamble. If you put Bassett in there for two and, and expect the win, because then, then you really lose DeGrom, right. And, and you really screw up your rotation for the, for the NLDS. If you yeah. get there, am I right? Or, or am I mistaken that, or do you still get them uh, as much as you would normally get them if, if he pitched on this in game two on, on game two. Uh, so Saturday it would be from Scherzer would be Friday and then the DS starting on Tuesday. That only is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like he, he probably can go on Tuesday, but he's probably going short rest there. Um, and then you don't yeah. want him going short rest after the year he's had either. Like not that he's been a, had a bad year, but like injuries, 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 you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. The, 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 the fact of the matter is they're going to need at least one or two, out-of-body experiences from Cookie Carrasco or, or Taiwan Walker, which is not impossible, but it's definitely not likely. So let's talk about this Padres thing real quick. They had 89 wins on the season. Bit of a disappointing second half for them after the trade with Juan Soto. He didn't do too much for them. And they were underwhelming, even though they're here in the playoffs and they have 89 wins. So let's talk about that specifically here. We're, what are we looking at? From the Mets lineup here, we talked about Marte not being back yet, likely not going to make it back for this wild card series at all. I think that's an absolutely huge loss, and I think it's about the displacement of the lineup as much as it is uh, with Marte just being out as one person. It really doesn't just affect one's position here. So you take, you know, who, who's been uh, who's been jumping into the two slot here? I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank now on, on the Mets here, but whoever whoever's jumping into the two slot. You're not just taking away Marte. You're taking away the sixth spot or the seventh spot and making that weaker as well. So who are the guys you're looking to that have to play top tier baseball in order to, you know, pick up the pace offensively? Because if we assume Scherzer does a job and we assume Bassett and DeGrom do a job, they're going to be in it. They need to score some damn runs. 
So what offensive players here need to just jump out and do something special for this mess offense to click? And for to, to answer your question, it's Lindor who's moving up from the three spot to the two spot, um, right. at least according to roster resources on fangraphs.com. Um, to answer your question, though, it definitely has to be uh, Pete and McNeil. Uh, I know McNeil's coming off winning the batting title. Good for him. Um, you know, him being the number three, the theoretical number three hitter in that lineup. Uh, again, not a ton of power from McNeil, but guy gets on base, guy's a high contact guy and he has to continue to um, be that guy and be able to drive runners in um, with Nimmo and Lindor being able to get on base in front of him. So, uh, and obviously Pete's their, their biggest power, you know, threat in the lineup. Um, if Vogelback is sitting and I'm not sure if um, Alvarez is going to make the the roster at, at, and be the left-handed platoon DH. So who knows um, about the power? So, uh, you would have to expect your three, four hitters to be able to to, to be the hitters who, who you who you thought they're going to be and who you expect them to be. Yeah, I'm I'm looking too at Nimmo because there's been a little bit of a of a surge from Nimmo of late. In the last two weeks, he's batting over 400. He's had two home runs in the last two weeks. When he has a little bit of pop in his bat, there's an extra juice to this lineup, and I think him and Eduardo Escobar or two of those others, if you will. Think about them as like a fourth or fifth guy on a basketball team. Like you need them to hit a couple threes type of thing. And I think they're going to need Escobar or Nimmo to do something special in a game or two, whether it's them hitting a home run or something big like that or a big double late in the game. Those guys have what it takes to swing games, and I think they're going to need to hit with some pop. Nimmo getting on base is always a blessing. He does that consistently all the time. Um, but when he actually drives the baseball and sets those guys up after him, that's why Lindor has 107 RBIs on the season. So I'm looking at Nimmo. I'm looking at Escobar, who's definitely come around. He's played his best baseball of the season over the last month, basically, over the last two weeks after coming back from that injury. So those are my two guys I'm looking at. Hardcore need to do something. And obviously, Pete, you know, a couple home runs from Pete never hurt, <laughs> never hurt nobody. I think you're going to need to, I mean, this is the playoffs. You're going to need to rely on home runs to, to an extent, right? I think that the, the, the narrative has like shifted a little bit where you can't rely on home runs in the playoffs. So that now you need to have home runs in the playoffs. Also, I think we were talking about it before, but uh, you know, the, the Padres lineup is not bad at all, especially away, uh, you know, with Darvish, Musgrove and Snell and Snell, obviously you talked about Darvish being uh, a, a thorn in, in the Mets uh, side for a while. And, and, on top of that, Snell and, and Musgrove, I was just looking at it, have about a three ERA on the road this year. So those are not bad pitchers. They're kind of similar teams to the Mets right now. And, and you, you're going to want your your power hitters on a team that's kind of bereft of power hitters outside of Alonzo to, to really step up. So Alonzo and Lindor are going to have to be your guys for that series. Yeah, and outside of Machado and lately Will Myers, it's been a bit of a struggle offensively for the Padres. Uh, not a ton of pop. Not not a ton of average, you know. It's really been yeah. But guess who's coming to town? A guy who's been a, who's been a Mets killer for the past couple of years, Juan Soto. He may have had a bad year uh, so far since going over to the Padres, but yeah. he knows the Mets. He knows that pitching staff. And if there's one guy I don't want to see up against them, it's going to be Juan Soto. You know? Yeah. When you get into the playoffs, you throw out the stats from the regular season, and Soto exactly. could all just be dominant and hit exactly. Yeah, and yeah. That's, Soto that's in the postseason is a is a beast. Yeah, the reason he absolutely carried the Nationals to the World Series, um, you know, a couple of years ago. So 
uh, he's definitely the your X factor there. And again, um, you know, again, I really will say he was disappointing. And if there, there's actually a funny story, the the guy who replaced him on the Nationals, his name is Joey Manessis. I don't know if anyone anyone's heard that name around the baseball chatter from a little while ago. Yeah, he's like a 30 year old like rookie, and he's like came up um, from AAA, and he like outperformed uh, like Juan Soto like two to one on like every counting stat. Uh, since coming up there, so that, that's like a fun story for for the end of the baseball season. Nothing to do with the playoffs, but just know that Joey Manessis uh, absolutely outdueled uh, Juan Soto post trade. And, and here's the thing with Juan Soto too. I mean, he only hit six home runs in 52 games with the Padres, batted 236. The on base was still 388. My man's eye is still elite. He doesn't strike out very much. He gets on base, and that's like the bare minimum for a stud player. So if he all of a sudden starts driving the baseball a little bit, watch out, man. Like, that's dangerous. You, you're not going to feel comfortable facing Juan Soto in any situation, uh, setting the tone, you know, setting the base pads up for, for guys behind him or just driving people in. Yeah, the, the 236 for 52 games for Juan Soto, throw it out the window. doesn't matter. Yeah. He's out here to play. Yeah, I always just think about that when it comes to the playoffs. Like, people play the back of their baseball card more more often than not when it comes to the playoffs, right? And And – He's, I don't know, there's no more level of comfort for him, I would assume, outside of Washington than New York for him uh, to play in. I I just think he's going to, I think he's going to have a a pretty good series. I still think the Padres end up losing that, but I, and I do think it goes to three, but um, yeah, I I think Soto is going to be someone you're going to, you're going to be screaming at the TV for. Yeah. And I'm I'm not scared of Blake Snell, like at all, as a, as a person who watched him in the, in the AL East for a while. Like, I don't know, Blake Snell's like a five and fly pitcher. So um, I would definitely screw the expect... Yankees over for years. Yeah, I don't know. I watched. I watched him. You know, ever since he got taken out of the the that World Series game versus the Dodgers, like he's never been the same pitcher since. Like he's like his confidence has been like completely shot. Like he's pitched like decent. Like he has an ERA in the threes. But like out of out of the three pitchers on staff, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Blake Snell versus the Mets offense. Like if, if I'm a Mets hitter, I would, that, that's the guy who I feel like I could tee off on, uh, pretty easily. Yeah. I actually think it's Musgrove. Uh, I think Musgrove is a fraud. I think he's been a fraud since he went to the, <laughs> to the Padres. Uh, his stats are deceiving. Uh, I, I think he's just, uh, I mean, he's a product of the park, uh, over there. So, uh, mm-hmm. it was never, was never good in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, not that says much, but you know, I, I just, I, I think Snell's Snell's got that playoff experience and, um, the Mets don't really have a lot of that on their team. So the game one line is minus 150 for the Mets, Max Scherzer versus you Darvish. Um, that's the favorite for game one. Obviously, home field taking a bit of an advantage there. The city field and seven-line army have to be strong on Friday night. It's going to be hopefully an electric atmosphere out there. The weather has turned to be decent this week. Thank God this was not being played earlier in the week. It's been a disaster here in the tri-state area. So thankfully the weather is not going to be playing a huge factor here. Maybe that helps the Padres. Maybe it doesn't. Who's to say? Um, So let's talk now, though. Since we're done basically with the Mets, Padres, and Mets overall outlook, why don't we finish off here, guys, by running through some of the other series in the wild card and then also with some futures on the MLB playoffs in general. So let's run through the Rays and Guardians first. Right now we have the series. Um, the series prop here is Rays. Wait, is that? Oh yeah, sorry. Guardians minus one twenty-five to win the series. Rays plus one hundred five. We have a lean there. Do we like one team over the other? 
I'm hoping it's the Guardians, but I, I don't know. I think the, the the Rays in the playoffs are always a dangerous team to play. That's like I'm terror. I well, I when we end up talking about the Yankees, I will be terrified of the Rays if, if they we play them in the division series. I'm not looking forward to that. I like I, I'm I, my confidence level is at a zero out of ten. Yeah, the Yankees. Uh, talk about a gauntlet for uh, the Mets. Like the Yankees, in order for them to reach the World Series, they're going to have every to dragon. beat. They're going to beat every team who's kicked their asses in the playoffs, yep. like the last bunch of years too. So, um, I think I, I like Cleveland and I like their pitching a lot, and their offense has really come around, especially in the last month or so. So, they're a pretty hot team coming into the postseason. I really like Tristan McKenzie. Um, you know, I I want to say I don't want to. You know. That they can beat Tampa, but Tampa's, um, you know, they, they have that play. They have that play. They have that playoff experience, and I feel like they'll they'll take it three games. But I feel like Tampa's gonna gonna be meeting the Yankees in the ALDS. So there we have it. We both like the Rays. Oh, you guys both like the Rays. I how about I, you? I haven't watched more than thirty seconds of highlights of the Guardian. <laughs> I'm not even gonna pretend to know what the hell's going on in Cleveland. I'll go with the experience of the Rays as well all right back to the al blue jays minus 160 over the mariners plus 130 in the series mariners. the m's break the big time uh, playoff drought whole lot of energy around that in seattle but will it matter come to this series jays minus 160 mariners plus 130 m's heavy M's heavy there, right? I don't think the Blue Jays are the Yankees of the past five years. I've said that before the season started. They they're they're power pitching in uh, up top that's home run susceptible. They are a home runner bust on the offense, and their their bullpen sucks. That's the uh, I mean the Yankees always had good bullpens, but like home runner bust is not great in the playoffs. You need to have home runs, but it needs to be supplemented by guys getting on base and working pitchers and things like that. I don't. I don't think the, the Jays are that good of a team. Uh, and I, I think the M's are riding a good momentum and a good train that they're, that they've been on for the past couple of weeks. And their pitching is just like, I know Alec Manoa is Alec Manoa, but I'll take, I'll take the, uh, the Mariners uh, top three over the Jays top three any day of the week. Uh, the, the, I feel like the, the Blue Jays have a pretty, like a pretty good offense that um, if, the non Castillo pitchers that they might be able to get to. Cause obviously like George Springer has, you know, been really good in the postseason. Black Rose are always dangerous. Alejandro Kirk, um, you know, those are three pretty big bats in the lap. And again, Manoa and Gosman going, you know, having your one, two of those two guys, that's, that's pretty tough for me with also, you know, Barrios possibly is the number three, possibly even coming out of the bullpen. If, uh, if stripling's going to be, uh, starting a game. So, um, yeah, I will say that their bullpen is hot garbage. And if that's their, their big weakness there, but you know, if you can get by with those three starting pitchers in that offense, um, you know, I feel like, you know, that versus the inexperience of literally every single person on the Manners team, I feel like I would <laughs> take the blue Jays in that series. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't sleep on my my man Logan Gilbert. That guy is a stud. I, like I feel like we're just throwing him out. That guy's an ace. You got two true aces on that staff. Yeah, I think with your point about the Blue Jays being like the Yankees uh, of years past with the home runner bust mentality offensively, I think that can get them through the wild card. And I think what happens with the Mariners, their big time energy playing every game like it's their last to just make the playoffs in general was taxing and I don't know how teams always respond 
keeping the juice moving into the playoffs. You know, maybe they got rid of all their juice just to get there. So I'd lean the Blue Jays with their opportunity to hit some home runs and and put up a crooked number and, and kind of dominate at least one game. And then it's a, a one and one um, for chance, basically, at that point. So I'm leaning Blue Jays there. Let's move over to the NL, and we'll start off with the Cardinals, minus 130, uh, and the Phillies, plus 110. Cardinals had their money run uh, earlier in the season, right after the All-Star break, where they were nasty for a little while. Totally tapered off, ended with 93 wins. Phillies, solid team. We kind of know what they're all about. They have a home run or bust type offense. Their pitching is weak. So what do we think? Um, Cardinals minus 130, Phillies plus 110. Phillies don't belong here uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so let, let's let's go with the Cardinals. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, definitely with the Cardinals. And it's funny that, uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery uh, said, you know, he was complained about now I'm not going to be in the playoff rotation. And guess what? You're not in the playoff rotation for the Cardinals either, buddy. So, <laughs> you know what? Yankees won the trade. Let's go. And Bader's been a revelation. I love that guy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, been, like, he's that, been fantastic. He's awesome. Yeah. I have a future on the Cardinals from way earlier in the year, plus 1,200 to win the NL. So in order for that bet to even have a chance, maybe even a cash-out opportunity, I need them to beat the Phillies. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Let's go Cards. Arenado, why not? Why not? Yeah, oh, yeah. they have they, they, good pitching and that offense, um, those two big bats, like probably the best, maybe one of the best one-two punches in um, in the National League. And Adam Wainwright just celebrated his 91st birthday yesterday. <laughs> and plus, man, Pools in the playoffs too, man. He hasn't been in the playoffs in a while, but back, back, uh, back in the day, Pools in the playoffs was money. So, uh, what a sunset I'm, I'm, ride for that guy! Oh, what, what a God. year! Yeah, dude, he hit he hit more home runs this year than Freddie Freeman. If you can believe it was, that, it's, it's awesome to say. This was such. As just a two second aside, this is one of the best years of baseball that I can ever remember, if not the best year of mm-hmm. baseball between Pujols and Judge and this playoff format that we have going on. And, and like really great teams at the top. You have teams like the Orioles that are like that were fun to watch. And I don't know. This was just such a fun year of baseball. Yeah. Miguel and, Cabrera uh, got 3000 hits, too. Like, yes, he did. Big, big, big milestone year, too, for for a lot of teams. Just absolute one of the funniest years of baseball uh, uh, that I've that I remember. Yeah. It's a shame that Miggy couldn't have been on a contender as well, you know, just to yeah. give that juice. You know, the Tigers are absolutely oh, That team yeah. had so many injuries. So, all right, that's the NL, NL and AL wildcard series. We obviously don't know the matchups of the next series. So let's jump straight through to league winners. Why not? Astros plus 175, Yankees plus 205. Big jump down to the Blue Jays at 550, Rays plus 950. Guardians and Mariners way down below. AL, is it the Astros division or conference or whatever league to lose? Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, They're that good, right? The Astros are that good? I don't think it's – I don't even think it's that because their their record is inflated by the division that they play in and everything like that. Like I think apples to apples, you could say the Yankees and the Astros are just as good as themselves. They're in the Yankees' head. And Justin Verlander is certainly in the Yankees head and he will, he's having the best season of his career somehow. Uh, and he's going to come in and he's going to set the tone and it's going to be bad news bears for the Yankees. If they get past the Rays, which is something that very much concerns me. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it gets there, but I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's Astros uh, year to lose. And also repeat world series winners don't happen in, in baseball. So I, I think it's going to be the Astros who win it this year too, which is a bummer. Mm. Drew, Ugh, yuck, yuck city. 
that uh, <laughs> do you disagree I, though no i i i i i want to i i want, <laughs> I want to but uh yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna have to go if the yankees are going to you know make a run here um and I could see it and I could, I could, you know, I could definitely see a world in an, you know, maybe I couldn't see it, you know, two months ago when the Yankees were playing like hot garbage. Um, but I feel like they've gotten healthy. The Yankees have gotten healthy at the right time. So I'm going to go the Homer pick and I'm picking the Yankees. To, not with their bullpen. Find... Their, bull, their bullpen ain't healthy. No, no, it's not. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the guys that are healthy are, are pretty shaky. So, um, you know, but at this point you're at the, you know, in the, in the short series series that where you can throw in, you could kind of do what the Astros did the last couple of years. Yeah. You can throw those guys out of the bullpen at, you know, two, three innings a piece to try to make up um, any kind of gaps in the, in the starting rotation. So I, I would expect, I would hope Aaron Boone um would learn from his previous mistakes and get there. So again, I'm going to take the super optimistic Homer pick and I'm going to pick the Yankees. All right. I I, I still, I just want to talk about one thing. I'm still taking the Astros. This is a different Yankees team. This is very much a different Yankees team than it's been for the past five years. Your, your starting rotation is a top five rotation in baseball. And two of those guys are going to go into your bullpen. You're going to get Domingo Herman in there. Who's been, very good. Like for what he is, he's not an ace or anything like that, but for what he is going into the bullpen, he'll be good in the bullpen. Same thing for Tyone. You know, you can hide some of their weaknesses in the bullpen a little bit that that can potentially bridge what you lose in Marinaccio and, uh, and, and Clay Holmes is King out uh, for, for the series. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's done. Done. Yeah. Well, I know we're starting to get random people back that we didn't think we were getting back, but um, yeah. that's two, that's two people that you get in there. I don't know who's closing. I, I, I don't know who's closing in the playoffs for the Yankees. I don't think anyone does. Uh, and I don't want Chapman, who is the likely hit person who's going to end up doing it. Just because he's I don't got even know experience. if Chapman's going to make the, the – well, I didn't think Chapman was going to make the he's roster, gotta. the playoff roster. But now with the Marinaccio injury, I feel like he has – like who's, who are you going to pick instead of him? Weissett or whatever his name is. So it's just like it, that, that's how bad the, the injury's gone, that the guy who's walking the, the world right now and who hasn't shown you yeah. anything in the past – like six months that he's going to make your playoff roster. So that's how Chichi Gonzalez is back on the menu, boys. Chichi <laughs> Gonzalez. <God. laughs> that's the guy. That's the guy you get wrong in like the team Sporkle quiz at like yeah. the end of the year. It's just like you 100% don't remember. Like the only reason not they, they put up the 22 Yankees uh, season. The only reason I remembered Chichi Gonzalez because he started the game like two days ago. In like yeah. three months, I, I will not remember who this, who this guy was and played for the Yankees. So you still want to pick the Yankees, Drew? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Very what well. I, uh, I, I kind of agree with Alex Train of Thought. The Astros have been the standard in the American League for the entire – well, not the entire year. Yankees were the standard for a while. Since they took claim of the standard, yeah, they man. have not looked back, and I, I do kind of feel like it's their year. Um, and, you know, Yordan Alvarez – what a, what a scary man. I will say you can book whoever comes out of the AL wins the World Series. That That's my take. If it's the Yankees or the Astros, whoever gets the World Series, no doubt in my mind that they're winning the World Series. There you go. Well, that makes you feel pretty good about some possibilities of, of gambling on that, Al. There's some there's – some, uh, Oh, can I take AL to win already? Plus 105, the winning league, American League. They have the National League as the favorite to, to get the winner. 
Oh yeah, no, I'll take that. I'll take that any any day of the week because I I think the Braves are going to get hot and go to the World Series again. I think they're going to lose. Uh, if you want to combine the Mets and Yankees, you can go plus two seventy five on New York being the winning state. I'd kill myself if the Yankees played the Mets in the World Series. I couldn't handle it. My heart could not handle that. Like <laughs> I, I have talked so much shit. Like yeah, yeah <laughs> the, you really have. You have the, the possibility of that happening. Like I, I know it happened in two thousand one, and I'm sure Mets fans feel the same way. Like they don't want to play the Yankees in the World Series. Oh, I, I, do. I, I, I couldn't handle. It. Like I, if that ever <laughs> happened, I would not. I would not be able to function in the day. I'd have to go into hiding. I'd break my phone in half or something like that. The amount of texts that we've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> because we're both in the chat with you, me and Drew and you, but it's really at me. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> Drew is a bit of a Mets fan deep down. As no, well. it's mostly a Drew, actually. No, Drew's a Mets fan. It's mostly a Drew. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. And and frankly, every time. Look at my name. Drew's not allowed at the parade for a reason. Okay. Thank you for the AL and you didn't. So who's who's really not allowed at the parade? That's a good point. Oh. That's, that's totally fair. That's totally that's fair. A, that is a good point. And uh, every time you send that emoji with the eyes looking up, like the eyes <laughs> up, I, I seethe, I seethe looking at. I didn't, I didn't send it when they actually overtook it, though. Every time a, a brave person got a hit, you were texting Olson, Riley, Swanson. I just, I was so. There were a lot of hits. There were a lot of hits in that series. I was, I was so mad. I, I honestly want the Mets to win for me as much as I want them to win to just put it in your face. Yeah, really, really at that point. You should want that. You should want that. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm your enemy, but you are mine. <laughs> well, I, 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 people don't like understand this, but like, I, the Mets are my most hated sports team. I, like, I hate the Eagles. I hate the Red Sox. I hate you know whoever. I hate the Mets more than any other team in professional sports by like a country mile. Mets, Red Sox. I'm taking the Red Sox a hundred times out of a hundred. Ah, uh, that's that's terrible. Thank God that we That's like the terrible. Knicks together and we like the Giants together. I'm not sure we could be friends. I'm not That's sure that we could be friends. But I don't. I don't hate the Nets and the Jets as much as I hate the Mets. Like, I, well, I, I'm I, just saying. I don't. I don't care. I, like, God forbid, I was an Eagles fan or a Cowboys fan or something like that. And then we just we literally couldn't be friends. I don't think. Uh, no, I have a lot of Eagles. I, I have a lot of Philly trash friends who who root for the Eagles. So, <laughs> uh, I, I... <laughs> oh man! All right. So for the National League. The odds are Dodgers plus 170. I already covered these before. Braves plus 225 and Mets plus 500. Cardinals 950. Phillies and Padres a little farther down, 1100, 1200. What's the pick for the National League, fellas? Braves. True. Dodgers. Unfortunately, chalk, 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 chalk. I'm going Braves as well. I'm going Braves as well. That lineup's so fucking good. That lineup is so good. Do we, do we think Dansby stays, or do you think he takes one of those hometown deals that the Braves just magically pull off every year, or do you think he goes somewhere else? Last year, right? Well, Freeman, Freeman didn't take it. Well, there was a whole that that's a whole situation where we don't know if he actually heard about that uh, that that offer or not from his agent. That's that's uh, widely debated. That is true. That is true. So uh, we shall see. I think the Braves lineup is just so scary, and as good as the Dodgers are. They can be had in the playoffs, as any team could be had in the playoffs. Historically, they've been had more times than they haven't recently. So I'm going Braves. I think the Braves make it to the World Series and lose to the Astros. That's my pick. Um, yeah, that's probably that's a chalky-ish pick, but not completely chalky. So I don't think it's hard not to be chalky with this playoff format, right? Like there's just yeah. there's it's so top heavy. The, and the odds are stacked against the lower levels. It really is. Like for the Cardinals yeah. and Mets to make a move here and and really do it. The Cardinals probably have a decent job or decent chance beating the Phillies, as we had discussed. Then they have to beat the Braves and possibly the Dodgers, right? Like 
now granted there's always weird worlds where the Mets beat the Dodgers and the and the Cardinals beat the Braves and all of a sudden it's Mets Cardinals and LCS and you're like what how did this even happen but that's that's unlikely obviously it's do, do we like now that it's happened or I know it hasn't happened happened yet but do we like the new playoff format I kind of love it I think it's awesome it does I'd put a good division does I'm still not a fan of the extra teams in there. Um, I feel like, I don't know, if if we do have, if this is the expanded playoffs, I don't want any more teams to get in after this. I feel That's like fair. 12 teams is, is still a lot. Um, I would have preferred the old format over the new one, but um, the way that things have shaken out on the first year, I think it's a best-case scenario for Major League Baseball. So um, it's exciting uh, for sure. I, I will – We'll see down the road if uh, too many teams getting in or see if there's more mediocrity getting in um, at the end. So, you know, but so far so good. But I will say that the that the Dodgers, man, how like the your top four hitters of Betts, Turner, Freeman and Will Smith are like that's that's like one of the best one through four you could possibly. How about they're five through the nine, though? Yeah, but you still have Justin Turner. You still have Gavin Lux and Chris Taylor. I what have mean, they done like, this year? They've done nothing. Justin Turner's had a pretty good year. Uh, Gavin Lux is not a power hitter, but he still got on base at 350 a clip. And Chris Taylor know, for is so, like for the, someone who complains about IKF at, at, all the time, at, at the, like the one weak link we have in our lineup to to, to excuse five hitter, uh, you know, five spots in that lineup that can't hit, I think is kind of crazy. I don't. There's like two guys in that lineup who can't hit. Max Muncy didn't. He pulled. He did his best Joey Gallo impression this year. Like when <laughs> Joey, Joey Gallo, Gallo was good. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Joey Gallo's on the bench now, um, and you know Cody Bellinger's batting ninth. What a what a fall from grace that guy's had. Yep. Former NL MVP, like consensus NL MVP, to like probably non-tender candidate at the, at the end of the season. Yeah. Juice yeah. balls, wet wall scrapers, and and then that that went away. And, and smoking so crap. much weed that he just like just looks dumbfounded in the in the dugout <laughs> every chance he gets. And I, uh, and I gotta I gotta say this before we go because we're gonna end up now in a second. I don't know what would make me happier as a Mets fan who hates Alec. Yeah, what, what, what would no? Well, what would hurt you more? Let me ask this way: Mets winning, Mets winning, no, Mets winning no, the World no, Super Bowl. Not, Super Bowl not, that's not one of the options. Not one of the options. What would hurt you more? Losing to the Astros again in the championship series or Joey Gallo having a key role for the Dodgers against the Yankees in the world. Series. Oh, I don't give a fuck about Joey Gallo. I like, I like the guy. I felt bad. I, I felt gen. I have never cared, like felt bad for a guy who came to New York and couldn't perform that guy. That was, you saw it in his eyes. It hurt. He could not it hurt. yet. And, and like when he left and hearing what he was saying, I think like uh like New Jersey.com, like did a, did an interview with him. It was heartbreaking to read that i wish that guy nothing but the best i i hope he does well he is what he is he's never going to change but losing the astros is significantly worse and the worst case scenario again is losing to the mets uh, in the world series or really just the mets winning the world series in general if they, and any year ever if that ever happens which i don't think it will but uh, i feel like the, ju- the the juicier story would be gallo doing beating the yankees in the world series and like i was very sympathetic on joey gallo until he said that like New York apartments were too small and he couldn't find an affordable place to live on his $10 million salary. All right. That's, that's where you lost me. That's like, get, get the fuck out of here. Like that's, that's where hey, you, rent that's was where really high. Rent, rent was yeah. really high for a bit. They were doubling it. They were price gouging. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
yeah whatever uh, so but yeah uh, i i feel like that's the juice of your story but it would hurt me more for the for the yankees to lose to the astros yet again in the american league championship series yeah that, yeah. Was, that was sting all right so we got our answer all right guys any last words before we say goodbye we're going to be back by the way to talk before the yankee series we obviously didn't spend as much time on the yankees today that's because we have some time before their series takes place so stay tuned after week five we will be focused and locked in hopefully on two New York baseball teams, hopefully, right? So you know, yeah, my last word is that she, the new She-Hulk episode kind of kind of slaps. It was awesome. Daredevil's Ooh. in it. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, he finally showed up? Ooh. Yeah, he finally showed up, Drew. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the comment. <laughs> I, know, they, I haven't... I I haven't, did, did he say it's it's devil time and then wink at the camera and then like said, and then twerk around? <laughs> he, did, he did a what are those and he said like you know, that just happened uh, in, in succession. <laughs> um, and I think they fixed the CGI for this episode too. It actually looked good. Not great, but like good. Better. Uh, yeah. I mean, She-Hulk in She-Hulk form talking has been a problem for most of the series. And if they fix that, it means they've had more time to finish these episodes, a little more budget towards the end as they work to master her CGI when she'll be in movies. Obviously once she's in a movie, it'll be much better. Um, so yeah, we'll see, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, in She-Hulk, I'm excited to watch that episode now. Alec, thank you. Yeah, for that. I love Drew, that. any last words? Is this, is this the last episode of She-Hulk? Is that the, is no, the season penultimate. Penultimate. Okay. Uh, no, I don't, I don't really have anything else to, to say. It was a, it was a pleasure to speak with the, the two of you. I mean, it's been, it's been a minute boys. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the chat. Great season by you guys. Um, and uh, it's been fun. And hopefully we have another season, you know, fully fledged to go a little playoff season with some runs. I'm going to, I'm asking for a run from the Mets. I'm trying to manage expectations. I want one series at a time. Oh, and don't forget to thank your sports gods for October happening again, because now you get football, basketball and, and baseball all happening at once. I don't know if hockey starts. Uh, and but, hockey. Yeah. I was going to say for Drew hockey starts as well. Yeah. And, but um, it's, it, it's, it's that time of the year again. So, you know, pray up to the sports gods. The most overwhelming time to be a, a sports podcaster who covers more than one sport. <laughs> Let's go mm-hmm. Knicks. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. We'll be talking Knicks at some point too in the future yeah. basketball as well. Uh, but stay tuned for that baseball stuff next week. Drew, last word. Sorry, not Drew. Alec, last, last word. Giants, any chance against the Packers in London? I don't know, man. It's it's obviously on paper, no, but it's in London and like 930, you know, it's, it's anything can happen in a stadium like that. And the, if you're asking if there's a chance, yes, because the the, the uh, Patriots almost won that game that they had last week against the Packers with yeah. an almost identical situation on their third string quarterback. Daniel Jones looks like he's playing. We got Landon Collins back this week, which is awesome to hear. Uh, he last time he was in London, he had I think two picks, and one of them was a pick six uh, in 2016. So there's a chance, a very, 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 very small chance. <laughs> do you do you buy the the Odell came and like worked out? Thing. Yeah, like, do you, no, do he, you, he did. It's official. He did. Yeah, he did. He's it wasn't a lot of teams. So it it wasn't an official workout though. It was just like he was like at the facilities and talking. I'd love to bring Odell back. It can't be worse than like David Sills. Uh, okay. uh, well, but like you know, next year when we have cap space again, we can sign some receivers or draft something. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Odell's been meeting a lot of teams, so I'm not reading too much into it just yet. All right, we mm-hmm. just uh, finished this ep- this part of the episode talking baseball. And the Colts and Broncos just tied 9-9 with five seconds left. They're going to <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled. Uh, I, I didn't watch that game, and I podcasted instead. Uh, all right, guys. Alec Argento, Andrew Kalanya, I'm Pete Kennedy. Thanks for the entire season. 
Thanks for tonight. And also stay tuned now if you're on the podcast app, NFL Week 5 Picks coming up now. Great time to be a sports fan, as Alex said. So thank you for listening. Subway Sports Talk. Stay tuned on the podcast app for NFL Picks on YouTube. Click over to that video. Cheers. See ya. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. It's time for everybody's favorite part of the week, maybe. A lot of people's favorite part of the week. I'll say that with confidence. It's time for Week 5 NFL Picks. Now, if you've been following us to this point, you are a loser because we are losers to this point. Combined record of 23 and 37. I could see my co-host cringing across the screen right now. 23 and 37. Not where we want to be, but we're trusting the process. We're going to keep moving forward. We'll be here all 18 weeks of the regular season, all weeks of the playoffs, and we're going to start turning the ship around. Here to do so with me today, the one, the only, Mark Shanlugan. What's up, my guy? Let me tell you, it's been a rough past week. I was debating not showing up this week. However, I have much more courage than uh, our third wheel, Pat Boyle, who is coincidentally MIA after another subpar week, to say the least. So, But I'm here, and I've shown up, and that's half the battle. So, That is definitely half the battle, and Pat deserves to be thrown under the bus right, right away because he's not here. He's not here to defend himself. He's not here to put in picks. He's not here to talk about what he did last week, but he already did that on Tuesday. He talked about what he did last week. He had the best week out of us last week, Mark. He went two and three. You and I both one and four after having winning weeks the week prior. So it's not like we haven't tasted success yet this year. You know, we know where we're supposed to be and we're getting there. You missed a game by a half point with the Bears not covering seven and a half. Um, and you also missed with the Lamar Jackson 170 passing yards, which I'm sure had to sting. So, you know, a couple moments away from, from two and three, three and two, same for me with the Broncos not covering eight and a half is what it is. So that, that's what happens this year. That's what happens every year. You're losing the margins. You got to make the right picks. You got to trust the process, as we've said this entire time. So, Shen, any, any quick notes before we start and get into our picks? Any notes for Pat, for you, for me, for everyone out there listening that you want to get out there before you tip, uh, take off your first pick? Uh, you know, look, we're doing this for 18 weeks. You know, everybody's bound to have a week where they get crushed. Um, like I said, the things that are earlier in the year with, you know, some of the kicking mishaps and whatnot, I haven't had those breaks go my way. And then you have the one bad week and it kind of, you know, snowballs and that's what happens. You, you end up six games under at seven and 13 right now. So I just need some things to start bouncing back my way. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the half point with the bears game and Lamar, missing by 26 yards. I, I think he threw for like less than 50 yards in the second half as they squandered that 20 to three lead. Um, it's just unfortunate. Um, but we're back this week and there's still more than half the season left. So plenty of time. Yeah. People talk about game script when it comes to fantasy a lot, uh, but it's the same thing with betting as well. Sometimes game script can really change the way something takes place where you have a chance to cover and then you don't or you have a player prop and then you don't have a chance at it because of the way the game played out and they're running more than they usually do, whatever. All those things make a big difference, obviously with overs and unders as well. So let's get into it, Mark. Why don't you kick us off? And Oh, and actually, let me say this first. Uh, Pat's not with us for this episode. That's okay. His picks will still be out there. We're going to make him work extra hard because he's not here and either make some videos or at least a couple videos. And obviously, he'll still put all his picks in and we'll post those on social media at Subway Sports Talk. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine. 
So stay tuned for Patty Boyle's picks. Follow him at Pat Boyle 44 and you will get some Pat Boyle picks to fade if you so choose. But that was good on there. I'm glad you threw it in. Me and Mark will be making our picks now. So Mark, why don't you start us off with your first pick of week number five? All right. Pick number one, two game parlay. I'm sticking with it. It's worked in the past and it's got to turn at some point. Um, Tennessee Titans on the road against the Washington Commanders. Uh, you know, Titans started off the season 0-3. Big division win last week against the Colts. Defense is playing much better. I know you're playing Indianapolis and Matt Ryan and co. is nothing to ride home about, but Derrick Henry was able to go back over 100 yards in this game. And look, I'm not a Carson Wentz believer. Uh, that's just what it is. So give me Tennessee to keep it rolling. Inch their way ever so closely back to 500 here. Ride Henry again towards another win. And then we're going to parlay that with the Buffalo Bills at home, the biggest favorites of the entire week. 14-point um, favorites at home against Kenny Pickett, making his first start. Kenny Pickett got picked three times by the New York Jets last week. And the Buffalo Bills are back home this week after being on the road last the past two weeks. So I really don't you know, anticipate much of an issue there. They're minus 850 for a reason. That's going to bring the Titans, who are sitting around minus 130 right now, down to minus 105 parlayed together so we're gonna go tennessee titans money line with the buffalo bills money line minus 105 pick one. Oh, the did you mention this too that the uh uh what's i'm sorry the titans are just minus one and a half did you mention that did not in real the life yes, money one. not in real life but yeah yeah so that's my point that's what i just wanted to make sure i clarify for uh the titans they're minus one and a half in the real spread so you're only really buying a half uh, one and a half points there and then for the Bills, you're obviously using way more points. I'm doing air quotes here for anyone listening on audio only to get that down from 14 to money line to make it still in that reasonable odds range. Is that is that what's happening here? Yeah, it just money line. I'd, they're minus 130. Look, I don't see any version where the Bills lose unless Josh Allen gets injured. I don't even think that game's going to be close regardless. So. Right. It's just, it's just there, there to be there on the one out of one thousand chance the Bills somehow lose this game. Right after with how flat they started out last week, and like they said, they're home. I don't anticipate any issues. So, right, so. and in, in reality, like you know, if you really wanted to, you could probably just go Titans straight up minus one and a half. If you want, not for the for the sake of this purpose, but for anyone out there, if you don't mind laying the one thirty juice, you can just go Titans money line by itself. But what an awesome way to get this to minus one hundred five. It's just it makes perfect sense, especially yeah. for how we're setting up our picks. I, I love like, that. What would you rather risk, Pete? The, them covering by one point or worrying about Buffalo to be Pittsburgh, who's making quarterback right. change with the rookie QB? So with these stupid games this year, it could easily be a one point game. It'll, that, that'll something we'll have to keep an eye on for next what week. Shot, we're gonna one point game on Sunday. We're gonna have to text each other and say, Oh my god, Carson shot, you magician, you fool. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. My first pick, I'm going with a teaser, standard six point teaser on DraftKings right now. Currently, the Green Bay Packers in London are minus 7.5 against the New York Giants. Going to bounce that down to minus 1.5. And, and then the Vikings are also home. Little NFC North teaser action against the Chicago Bears, also at minus 7.5. So you take those two things together, and all of a sudden you're looking at a normal 6.2 team teaser, minus 120, uh, with the Packers to win by a point and a half and the Falcons to win by a point and a half. I absolutely love this. I think the Vikings are starting to hit a little bit of a stride offensively, starting to look a little bit more normal. 
everyone's still pointing to that game against the Eagles on primetime. Well, guess what? This game's at 1 o'clock, and no one's going to be paying attention because the Bears are boring as hell, and there's a bunch of other more exciting games on in the 1 o'clock portion of the slate. That's where Kirk Cousins thrives. That's where you want to bet him, and you don't even need him to cover the touchdown. You just need him to cover the 1.5. The Bears can't score with this Vikings team. That's that. Pretty similarly, the Packers and the Giants at 9.30 in the morning in London, you get the Packers down to minus 1.5. I can't fathom a world where the Giants beat the Packers here, and with the 1.5, you got to feel really good about it. I think the running attack is going to be very strong for the Packers in London here. The, The Giants' defense has looked okay, at certain points of this season, but they haven't been great against the run, and the Packers' defense is a little bit susceptible to the run, so it's going to be a whole lot of Saquon. But when it comes down to Saquon versus Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I look at that as a wash at best for the Giants, and then you go to Aaron Rodgers and how much more comfortable he's getting with his offensive weapons and the Giants not being able to pass the ball. This one feels really good. Packers minus 1.5, Vikings minus 1.5, normal 6.2 team teaser, Minus 120. All right. Uh, this pick's pretty similar, Pete. Uh, three legs. I'm breaking out the three-legger here. The I, can't see, I can't see any of these teams losing. They're all home. Um, well, Green Bay is. They're, they're, they're pick number one. They're kind of home. Um, Green Bay Packers money line, leg one, for all the reasons you just listed. Um, look, I still just think the New York Giants are absolutely pathetic and total frauds, the weakest 3-1 and one team in NFL history, if you dig into the numbers. I haven't, but it's obvious. Um, they can pass. Yes, they, they can run a little bit, but they're also playing nobody. And their past three games have been at home. The one road game they played, they were down 13-0 at Tennessee. They now take on the Green Bay Packers that – Suffered a little bit of a scare last week against the New England Patriots and Bailey Zappi. Um, Aaron Rodgers called out the team after the game saying, hey, this this uh, way we're winning is it's just not sustainable. Um, I expect Green Bay to, to come out much sharper and get off to a fast start in this one and really make the Giants into a, uh, a one-dimensional team here. And by one-dimensional, they might as well be zero dimensions because Daniel Jones is pathetic at quarterback. He'll be taking grad classes at Duke within two years. Mark my words. Um, so that's leg one, Green Bay Packers. Leg two, Minnesota Vikings money line. Again, Pete, for all the things you described, um, the Chicago Bears are an absolute mess. They can't throw the ball. They can run the ball against bad teams, but in division game, David Montgomery's questionable for this game. I don't really trust Khalil Herbert. The Vikings are just better. I know they're coming back from London last week. Um, but you know, I fully expect them to, to have more than enough, even maybe not at a hundred percent freshness here to, uh, to get past the bears. They're just awful. Um, and then leg three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, give me the bucks at home off a two game losing streak. They should get a little bit healthier again this week with everybody that's been banged up. I know the majority of them played last week, but you know, another weekend, they should be healthier. Uh, I just can't see the bucks losing three games in a row especially dropping two in a row at home. So three big favorites all at home, Green Bay, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, plus 105. How do you argue that? How do you go against that pick? But, Mark, we've said that before, right? We have. before. We have. How do you go against it? I, I personally, I love it. I am leaning, and I might get to it in a little bit here. I'm leaning on the points, perhaps, with the Falcons because it's currently plus 10 on DraftKings and you know, the Bucks haven't really shown much of 
being able to like blow people away. The Falcons have been sneaky competitive, but by all means, do I expect the Bucks to win this game? Right. But it's Especially a 10 point you're working so, 10 points here. You know, I, I, I like that. I like where your head's at. All right. On to my second pick. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys straight up. No funny business. Plus five and a half currently on DraftKings. And now, unfortunately for me, this is a game that has moved a little bit. It opened up at seven, but obviously with the Rams playing the Monday night game, that uh, went really poorly for them. That went down. That's okay. I'm still liking the Dallas Cowboys plus five and a half. I think that is a game that's going to be close. Rams offense very far from clicking. Cowboys offense done a very good job, you know, getting to the red zone and putting points on the board. That's the same offense that the Rams have been so far this year. So I think the Cowboys have a chance to really make Matt Stafford uncomfortable on um, on Sunday here with the pass rush of Micah Parsons and, and that whole crew. And then also what the Dallas's weakness has been so far this year has been the run defense. The Rams have not been able to run the ball. They can't figure out who their main running back is. They also are allowing those running backs the worst amount of yards before contact per carry. So yards that the ball carrier for the Rams are making past line of scrimmage without getting contacted by a defender is the lowest amount in the league. That helps the Cowboys actually maintain the run a little bit defensively and then get after Stafford as a pass rusher. I think the five and a half points is more than enough to feel comfortable with a cover here. I'm going to sprinkle the money line as well until this Rams team figures out a way to put points on the board, be consistent and actually make plays on defense. I'm okay getting five and a half points here. I think it's going to be close. The Cowboys are going to have to put a couple touchdowns on the board. Maybe just two though, uh, Mark. I could easily see this being a 21-17 game. I think it's going to be close. I like the chances with this defense making plays, making Stafford uncomfortable, Cooper Rush doing just enough to cover that plus five and a half. So Cowboys plus five and a half at the Rams, which I imagine will not even be much of a home field advantage because Cowboy fans travel. They're already all over the place across this damn country. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Going to be a lot of Cowboy blue in Los Angeles on Sunday at 425 Eastern time. And it's going to be uh, a tough game for Stafford. So plus five and a half Cowboys at the Rams. I love it. Sounds good. All right. Pick number three. I kind of waver here with uh, with one of the legs here. Um, let me start with the first leg that I'm very confident in. Cincinnati Bengals plus ten and a half Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. A um, couple of reasons I like this. You're getting ten and a half in division game, prime time game. And I don't trust the Baltimore Ravens secondary. And I'm not sure Jim Harbaugh trusts the Baltimore Ravens secondary after last week. Um, there could be a lot of dysfunction here with the Ravens after the way that game ended. Harbaugh and Marcus Peters got into it. Um, I still don't think Lamar Jackson can throw the football in big games. And Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And if you actually look at the numbers when they're both on the field together, T. Higgins has better numbers than Jamar Chase, but he doesn't have the name that Jamar Chase has. Um, so give me the Bengals plus 10.5. That should be more than enough. They could easily win this game. 10.5 points with their offense. They should be able to keep it that close. Uh, like two, I was between two teams here. I was between the Saints and the, the 49ers money line. Uh, I'm not liking the Saints injury report. Michael Thomas and and Winston both not practicing. Less worried about uh, Winston playing, more worried about Michael Thomas in the offense. Um, so I'm going to ride with San Francisco to, you know, build that win streak to uh, to two. Um, they had the pathetic loss out to Denver, but then they looked like a brand new team at home against the Rams. 
last week and with that with that defense um and baker mayfield you know he's just been what is he ranked 33rd the 33rd best quarterback in a league that starts 32 qbs um i think matt rules lost the locker room i don't like the way that they utilize christian mccaffrey to me he's not getting enough catches he had nine last week as most all season but they really came in garbage time um so I don't think they're getting the most out of him. They're definitely not getting the most out of DJ Moore, mainly because Mayfield can't find him with a drone. Um, so give me the 49ers money line to get, and especially, you know, work George Kittle in much more than they have with him getting healthier since he's been hurt. And the Bengals plus 10 and a half, minus 120, pick three. You said Bengals plus 10 and a half, correct? I want to make sure I wrote that down correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that game should probably be close, right? I think if you base it's off last year as well, right, it's three in favor of the Ravens. times last year. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Bengals crushed the Ravens last year, and even if you don't think that's going to happen this year, I mean, how much sense does it make for the Ravens to blow out the Bengals? We see how bad they've been at holding on to leads. So plus 10.5 for the Bengals sounds like a beauty. And, and, you know, I've been a little bit higher on the uh, the Panthers this year and I've been burned so far on it, even though I think they did cover a teaser for me or two so far this year. Like they just don't have any juice right now, right? They don't have any juice in the Niners. I thought about looking at their straight up spread and I just felt really uncomfortable by it after the big win against the Rams. You know, how do they show up against a, a, a defense? That's not bad, right? Like the Panthers defense is the only real bright spot so far. It's not bad. So I, I love that pick. Um, all right. I'm going to go with my next play here and I'm going to go another straight bet. And I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars minus seven against the Houston Texans. They're home. So it's, uh, I'm sorry. It's at, <clears throat> it's at Jacksonville. Is that right? Am I reading that correctly? Yes. No, no, it is because my next pick is going to be a little similar to this. So <laughs> my page got caught in a refresh here. You know, I, I use that uh, pregame.com uh, and sometimes it like con- it constantly refreshes odds and, and updates and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it got caught in a refresh and I got stuck. Jaguars minus seven at home against the Texans. So here's my rationale on this pick here. The Texans for not having a win this season have had a relatively easy schedule. So they tied with the Colts, which felt felt like a win for them in week one. Now seeing the Colts and what they've looked like, even though they beat the the Chiefs that one night, like (laughs) they're not a very good team. And as we're recording this podcast, we're getting texts in our group chat. Damn, this game is ugly. Like, damn, the Colts and Broncos both kind of stink. What's going on? So Texans played the Colts. Then they play the Broncos, only put up nine points. Broncos defense, pretty good, whatever. Broncos also not pretty. Then they lose to the Bears, who have been one of the worst teams in the league as well. Lose by 10 to the Chargers last week when the Chargers looked mediocre. So this is a point for me where I think the Jaguars put their foot on the gas a little bit and let this AFC uh, South know who's here and say, hey, we are not going to be just a little one trick pony who shut out the Colts earlier and beat the chargers big. We're going to be here all year. And we're going to show that these little teams in our division, in our conference, in this league can't even hang with us. I think the defensive talent of the Jaguars is really good. They look super fast when you watch them. Some of their young guys, their rookies have been awesome. And Trevor Lawrence, yes, not a very good game for him last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best O-lines and one of the best D-lines in all of football. The Houston Texans don't have one of the best anything in all of football. So I think the seven doesn't scare me at all here. I think this is a point for the Jaguars to let the AFC South know who's here, who's in it to win that division, 
Jaguars minus seven at home versus the lowly Houston Texans. Mute. Yeah, forgot to take my mute off. Pick four moving through this year. Uh, Two-game parlay, Jacksonville Jaguars are, are leg one. Um, for many of the reasons you you said, Pete, um, but for me what it comes down to is I'm just going to continue to fade the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith and David Davis Mills or whatever whatever his name is. Pretty sure I got it right. But uh, the game's in Jacksonville, division game. Things seem to be turning in Jacksonville, so this is a big statement game for them. I like them off the loss in Philly. Look, the weather was horrible up there. You're on the road. And you're facing a team that still hasn't lost a game yet this season. Trevor Lawrence has been much improved this season. He's got Etienne and James Robinson in the backfield. He's got a he's got a weapon in Christian Kirk. I'm, I, a couple weeks ago, you know, I kind of knocked him. He is viable. You know, he's not some superstar, but he, he can get the job done. Um, look, it should be more than enough to beat the Houston Texans at home. Um, if not, then the the win against uh, the Chargers and the Colts looks looks kind of fraudulent. Um, so that's leg one. Leg two, look, I've, I've come here for four straight weeks, and I'm going to continue to say it week five. I'm going to continue to ride the runaway train that is the Philadelphia Eagles until they lose a game. Um, I just don't see it being this week either. Uh, you're going against the Cardinals. I don't like what I see from them. DeAndre Hopkins is, is still out. Yeah, you beat the Panthers last week, but congratulations. Even the Giants were able to beat the Panthers. Um mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has this team locked in. You know, he comes to the press conference the other day and he says, how did none of you guys ask me one thing about the Arizona Cardinals? They're a damn good football team. Now, hey, he doesn't have to believe it, but you can trick yourself into believing it and set the tone for the rest of the team to where they don't come in flat. Um, They're 4-0. I can honestly see them running it all the way up to 10-0 when they see the Packers. Um, I'm just going to continue to ride with them. I, until until they lose a game, I'm going to continue to take them because I love what I see with them week in and week out. You know, you go down 14 nothing at home last week, no panic. And it's all led by the QB who on fourth and goal runs through like three people and gets in the end zone to make it a 14-7 game. And then from there, they just took all the momentum with it, with the, with themselves and ran away with it. So give me Philadelphia money line, Jacksonville money line, minus 115, pick four. Can you read that one more time? I'm sorry. For my for, for the listeners, but mostly for me because I didn't I was not prepared. No, no, no problem. I'm the I'm the jerk who didn't send it to you. Uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles money line and Jacksonville Jaguars money line minus one fifteen two game parlay. Nice, I like that. I like that a lot. The Eagles, you know, I I actually considered that one. I'm staying away because I have a bad history with the Cardinals. Mark last year, if you remember, Pat was all over the Cardinals last year early which was very profitable for him and looked like a fantastic take in general. And then mm-hmm. his whole take with, of them making the NFC championship, obviously. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I mean, of course you do, right? You keep I your tabs, Mr. Boyle. But um, he looked like a genius the whole year. And I was, I was pretty much against the Cardinals for most of the regular season because I just felt like it's so spectacular all the time when they score that it's not sustainable. And that was proven true over time but not really in the regular season, right? Like I bet against them a bunch and I did not do well doing it. So that is something that I'm scarred from. And then last week I bet on the Panthers. I said it on the pod last week. Like I'm going to get burned by the Cardinals and they're going to look okay and do it. And you know what? The Eagles might get, they might get a tough show here at some point, right? They've been so flawless, but I mean, your reasoning is stellar. So I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a good pick. And, uh, 
you know, I, I like it. I just personally, I'm scarred. I have bad taste in my mouth from last year going for the Cardinals, going against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray just scares me when I have to rely on him to be good or bad. <laughs> Does that make well, any sense? For, for me, just what it comes down to is I just don't like what I see from them when they don't have Hopkins. Well, I know you right. got Marquise Brown, but I expect the Eagles to counter with Darius Slay. And I expect them to win the defensive the defensive line battle, so I'm not really too worried about who's going to run the football for Arizona outside of, you know, if Kyler goes for 100, throws three, four TDs, then, you know, congratulations. But there's something about the Eagles this year. Yeah, yeah, they're they're special, and they run the freaking heck out of it. I think last week with the Panthers just not being able to take advantage of the Arizona Cardinals' bad defense, the Eagles will. I heard a stat. Actually, this will go great for your pick here. <laughs> Excuse me. That the Cardinals, uh, they're not good, but they're mediocre when a quarterback gets rid of the ball in like two point whatever seconds or less. That's like standard time, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're mediocre in that statistic. But when the quarterback has the ball behind the line of scrimmage able to pass for over that amount of time. It might've been over three seconds or something like that. They are like one of the worst teams in the league and get absolutely torched. And because of the Eagles strength with the offensive line and Jalen Hurts' ability to extend plays, throw from outside the pocket, move the pocket, all that stuff, like it really goes into the Eagles' favor here that the Cardinals are just going to get burnt and torched deep. So this might also be a spot for people to throw on the A.J. Brown props throw on the devonta smith props because jalen hurts might have a field day even if the cardinals offense shows up this eagles offense should absolutely have a field day against the cardinals defense all right moving on to my fourth pick i'm going with the teaser here two underdogs that i'm bumping up here one's gonna be the new york football jets baby we're gonna take them from three and a half push them all the way up to ten and a half then we're gonna take the detroit lions from three and a half up to plus eight it's minus 120 odds. So I'll start off with the Jets and the Dolphins. Obviously, we know Tua Tungaviola is not going to be playing in this game. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Much less likely is Teddy to blow somebody out. So getting the Jets up to 10.5 feels very good. Uh, you also have a Jets defense that's been probably a little bit better than they've gotten credit for this year. They have some talent out there. Sauce Gardner has been having a fantastic rookie season, and, and their defensive front is very, very decent. It's not amazing but it's definitely a little bit above average. So I like getting the 10 and a half there and they're in New York. Zach Wilson, one more week. He looked all right last week as well. Detroit lions have had one of the best offenses in the entire NFL this year. Mark, they're averaging 6.5 yards per play right now. That's number one in the NFL, the new England Patriots on the flip side, not a very explosive offense. And now is it going to be Brian Hoyer? Is it going to be uh, a Zapke? He's Zapke? On Hoyer's on IR or is he starting as of today? He's on IR. Oh, as of today. Oh, earlier today when I was looking at this, he was, they were still had a a possible, a possibility of him playing. Well, either way, Zappy or him doesn't really matter. Yes. They can run the ball a little bit and the lion's defense is not very good, but the Patriots are not built to score fast. They're not built to put up crooked numbers. They are built to grind things out. They are built to make the other team uncomfortable for a long period of time. They're not putting up crooked numbers. The Lions can put up crooked numbers, and you get them up to plus eight in this teaser here. You keep the back door open for Jared Goff, which he loves so much, but you also have an offense in the Lions who can put up points quickly, and all of a sudden they're moving down the field. Yeah, there's something to be said about 
the fact that the Patriots are favored in this game at all. I think it, there's a little bit of a begging pe- uh, people to be taking the Lions at plus three and a half because they've been so much more exciting. Their offense has been so much better, and Belichick might just be able to shut down Goff and the, and the Lions offense. I still think the eight points is going to feel really good. If this goes in the Patriots' way, Mark, I think it's going to be a game that hardly reaches 24 points, and that really lends itself to the Lions covering this eight. And if it goes in the Patriots if, against the Patriots, then the Lions are obviously going to cover the eight. So Jets plus ten and a half, Lions plus eight, minus one twenty odds. That's my second pick, uh, my fourth pick. All right, last pick for me. You know, I I was debating going with the monster same game parlay with the team money line that burned me last week because Lamar just can't throw. But unfortunately, DraftKings doesn't have the props up for the game. I was interested in doing that yet, which is the Monday night game with the Chiefs and the uh, and the Raiders. So that's unfortunate. Uh, so we're going to do a three-game teaser instead. I might as well be Pat Boyle at this point. I don't know what's taking over me. I mean, it's guaranteed. They're guaranteed to lose. He does it every week, and look how good he's doing with it. <laughs> um, three legs. We'll start with the first one. Miami Dolphins, we're going to take them from minus three and put them up to plus three and a half here against the Jets. Look, I know two is not playing, and it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but they still got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's not like a superstar, but he can more definitely move the ball. Um, as he did a little bit last week after, t- after Tua went out and the New York Jets are still the New York Jets, Pete. I know they won last week against the Steelers, but that's against Kenny Pickett throwing three picks and Trubisky played half the game. The Miami Dolphins are not, are not the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not worried about them being on the road because they travel there once a year. And again, it's still the New York Jets. And the the, uh, the Dolphins can also lose this game by three, and you're still good. So Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. Second leg, we're going to bump up the Los Angeles Chargers from, I think they're giving two right now. We're going to bump it up to seven and a half. Or they're get, they're giving or getting two. We're, we're going to bump it up to seven and a half. Um, Keenan Allen should be back this week. I've also said that the past two weeks have been proven wrong. However, this week actually looks like the week he will indeed be back. Um the Chargers finally got a win last week after dropping dropping a game against uh, against the Jags, dropped a game against the Chiefs. Um, I'm riding with Herbert to beat Jacoby Brissett. That, that's really what it comes down to. This Chargers defense is a little banged up. I know Bosa's on IR, but it's one player that doesn't make a team. You still got Derwin James. You still got Khalil Mack. And you still got a lot of other guys on the Chargers defense. Um, and, hey, if the New York Jets can go into Paul Brown Stadium or whatever they're calling it these days and get a win, there's zero reason why the Chargers can't keep this under seven points. I think they could win as well. So, But we're going to go with the Chargers plus seven and a half for like two. And then finally the last leg, the Kansas City Chiefs at home, Monday night football against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to go from minus three to plus three and a half here on this one as well. Um, look, if the Chiefs somehow lose this game, I can't see it by being more than three. I know I say that a lot over the over the past couple of weeks. Majority of them, I have been right. Um, you got Mahomes. They're getting more and more comfortable week in and week out with, with the new guys on offense. You know, Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. Travis Kelsey always seems to go ballistic against the Raiders no matter where the game is. Um, you know, you like what you saw last week out of the run game. Alaire finally gets in the end zone twice. Pacheco was a seventh-round pick running like a first-round pick. Um so plus the three and a half should should definitely be safe. And I'll ride with Mahomes in prime time over over Derek Carr any day of the week. I know there is a certain person who's not here right now to speak, who's in love with these Las Vegas Raiders. 
you might as well just go take your money and gamble at a casino than bet on the Raiders, in my opinion. So we're going to ride with the Chiefs plus three and a half as the final leg. Overall, though, Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. Los Angeles Chargers plus seven and a half. Kansas City Chiefs plus three and a half. Minus 105, three-game teaser. That's the last pick for me for week five. You know, you said Keenan Allen will be back two weeks in a row. And guess what? The Chargers still won by 10 and covered last week. So maybe it doesn't quite matter. Uh, I, I will be interested to see how much does the um... – He's also on my fantasy team, so – Okay, yeah, so your motivation has not worked out. You have a keen eye on, on that. And I, I am curious to how much success the Browns will have running the ball, and maybe that'll lead to an ugly game where, again, you don't feel comfortable with the Chargers at you know the minus two, but you feel good with them in that closest game where maybe if the Browns win, it's on a last-second field goal, and then you're covered up anyway. Right? So that, yeah, exactly. So you're covered up in either way, uh, so I do like that pick. All right, I'm going to go with my last pick. A little bit of a change up here from what I teased earlier as what I was going to talk about. It was going to be the Falcons plus 10 is what I thought you thought I was going to talk about. But instead, I'm going Buccaneers minus 10, Mark Shenlugan. I'm going Buccaneers at home minus 10 against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, a team that I've backed a couple times this year already, uh, two times in a row actually with the success. But... What I'm looking at here is Tom Brady has beaten the Atlanta Falcons four times in the last two years as a, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Three of those four times has been by over 10 points. So the fact is Tampa and Brady have owned this Falcons team. The Falcons also just got banged with an injury. I think is very important. They've been running the ball very well. A lot of that's been at the backs of Cordero Patterson, who's now on injured reserve. They also have Kyle Pitts banged up and questionable. I don't think this offense gets going against the Bucs. The offense has been a good story so far in the NFL, talking about the Atlanta Falcons. They've been running the ball good. They're not passing the ball very good. But when you play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's incredibly difficult to run the ball. Always. It's been true for two years in a row. It's still true to this, this moment here. The only reason that the game went the way it did last week for Tampa is how the turnover happened so early in that game. And the Chiefs jumped on it. They scored and never looked back. But we did see some life out of the Bucks' offense there, the passing attack obviously being the highlight of that. So I think the Bucs have a big-time revenge moment, and the revenge is not pointed at the Atlanta Falcons specifically. But guess what? It will be on Sunday when that game takes place because that energy from losing to the Chiefs, blowing that fumble early in the game, and just being down and out the entire time, is going to be turned right around to crush the division rival Falcons. This has been a cute story so far for the Falcons. They're still not a very good team. They're going to struggle to run the ball. They're not going to put points on the board. I think the Bucs can win this by 14. So might as well take them at minus 10 at home. That is my final pick, Mark. I like it. Especially because the Falcons still know how to use Kyle Pitts, it looks like. So. They do not. And, and now that he's hurt, you know, it, it doesn't even really matter if they know how to or not, because he, well, he's probably going to play most likely, but you know, e either way, I'm, I'm just liking it. I think Brady off this loss here against a team he's dominated just, just feels good. So that's all we got. Mark Shen Lugan, any last words? If you're watching on YouTube, you can take a look at the picks. We have them up there minus Pat Boyle's picks because he has not made them yet. They will be up on social media before Sunday, of course. So stay tuned for Patty B's picks. Mark, any last words for week five? Let me tell you, 
Pete. I don't say this often, but the graphic looks fantastic this week. And I can't tell you why. I don't know if something's missing or not, but it just looks different than it has the past four weeks. When I figure it out, I'll let you know. But there's just something something about it. I, I don't know. You know, especially that middle part. There's a gaping hole in the middle that there's no losses. There's no losses for the first time in that middle row this this week. That's you know, what maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. I you see no guaranteed L's underneath Pat Boyle's name that week this week. That's that's the key. That's the ticket. All right, though, Shannon. Yeah. Good luck. You know, good luck to him this week. I don't know where where he is right now. He's MIA. He might be in the war room watching film. Hell, he might be out pondering how the last four weeks have gone so bad for him, but he's not here. So I could say whatever I want. After, after he heard you say that you watched 3000 hours of film last week, he just put himself in the lab and he hasn't figured out that that's impossible. So he, he's trying to reach 3000 hours by Sunday, but he, he didn't do the math yet. He didn't realize that it's not possible, Shen. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, in a seven-day period, let me tell you, that's a lot of hours to put in. It's a lot of hours to put yeah, in. got to double up. I don't know. He might be running Madden simulations trying to figure it out right now. He could double it up. He could triple it out. Triple it up. I'll tell you what, he still ain't sniffing 3,000 in one week the way I did. Oh, man. Um, I got to go back and check the tape and figure out how I did that. And then, you know, just come back, prepare, make some adjustments, and – Go back and get it next week. Oh, that's fantastic. So, All right, Shen. Thank you as always to you. Shout out, Pat. We'll hear from him soon. I'm Pete Kennedy, Subway Sports Talk. Picks week five. You know what it is. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.